everybody, and welcome back to the Broadway Jets podcast. You'll know me from Twitter as NYJ Mike. I'm joined as always by the master of receipts. It's NYJ Matt. And we're here on a little bit of a solemn occasion, but we're back. It's the absolute worst. I, it's hard to imagine that mid-August we're dealing with a top three player on our team getting injured. You know, we've been waiting for that edge guy, and we thought Carl Lawson would be that this year, and we have to wait till 2022. But we'll keep it positive, but we, we got to be honest. We're upset. Mike, give me your initial reaction when you saw the Carl Lawson news. I was working, and I was on my Bloomberg, and one of my buddies typed to me and said, Carl Lawson carted off the field. I said, oh, no. And the problem is, why can't he just pull his hamstring? He couldn't just break his finger. He has to fucking tear his Achilles. And so our, you know, the the either best or second best player in our defense, probably maybe Quinn Williams is better, is not going to be playing this year. And it's, it's a real kick in the dick. Yeah, it, it, it's a kick in the dick. And when I first saw it, I don't know why for weeks now, I've been thinking to myself, it feels off. Like, I don't think that we have a curse. I don't think that it's poor Jets every time, but it, it can never go right. And after the past three years, and you can even go back further, 2017, Josh McCown breaks his hand, go further and further. You have receivers that don't even belong in the NFL starting games for you. Gets to a point where I just want to see the full team that Joe Douglas puts together play football. And it's not like an injury for a few weeks, whatever. Like, no, we won't see that complete team play because our number one free agent guy is out. And I'm trying to explain to my girlfriend the equivalent of what happened to us. Because I told her, I go, the, the Jets' basically best player, arguably, is out for the year now. And she goes, I thought Zach Wilson was the best player. And I'm like, no, maybe that's the guy I don't want to tear his ACL the most, but... I go, it's like someone broke into your house, took all of your jewelry, left a note that said, I'll be back. Like that level of <laughs> that level of fear and sadness is what happened with Carl Lawson tearing his Achilles. Yeah, my girlfriend loves Iron Chef. I told her it was like if one of the contestants like I don't know, died in the show, like her favorite contestant, like he's not gonna just be in that season. Or if he I guess like he, if he like broke his right arm and he couldn't cook for the whole season and then you're not sure if he's going to come back and cook the same. And like, he used that right arm a lot. Like he really, you know, like Carlos is explosive. He used that Achilles. Like I can't stir the, the pot. I don't know. It was, uh, she didn't even care. It, it's tough because it's not a, uh, at, the thing is, D-line, we know, is going to be an area of strength. Could it have been a top five D-line? Maybe. Yeah. Now looking looking at, you know, you get Vinny Curry back early in the year. JFM can move outside. Bryce Huff, an undrafted guy last year, maybe can be the guy. I know Michael Nania says in his limited reps, at a small sample size, he did a great job of getting pressure. And then you have Hamlika Rashid, who... Phil Steele had him, big college football expert, as the number five guy out of high school going into college. 14 sacks in 2019, five games of double-digit sacks. So maybe you can get some production out of him. He looked good in the first preseason game. But, you know, Carl Lawson's going to be what Avery Williamson was in 2019, where, I mean, he's going to be dressed up on game day on his couch watching football. 
and he'll be back. He'll be back. I think Achilles is a faster recovery than an ACL. ACL. And here he tore both his ACLs and one Achilles. So he's been through a lot, but he always comes back pretty strong. And hopefully we can get that in 2022. Yeah, I mean, it's actually a sort of like good sign that he had torn the other Achilles because he came back and was clearly explosive now. So if he could do it then, he could do it again. But to your point before, man, it's like, it's just you can't have the full team one time ever. And it's so frustrating. The Jets are already obviously not the greatest team in the NFL right now. So, you know, you're starting a little bit at a disadvantage and you lose the third, second or third most important guy in your roster. And it's very disheartening and it really hurts. Ah, what a gut punch that was to see this guy. And he's such a cool guy and he liked being a Jet. And you just want him to succeed on this team. Yeah, 48 hours with my window. 48 hours was going to be my time to feel sorry and upset. And then that leads us into preseason game number two, where I think we're going to be a lot more positive and ready to go. And, and you can't look back on it all year and be like, oh, what if, what if, what if? This is the team that we have. Injuries happen, but the cluster injuries and the type of injuries that this team has, I'm tired of just – a random guy on Twitter saying, well, injuries happen. It's the NFL. No, maybe, <laughs> maybe not be the number one free agent guy that we got in a position of need that we haven't been good at in 10 years. I, maybe I don't want that injury to happen. To your point, there are a lot of times when a guy gets hurt, people be like, oh, look at these great teams that overcame these injuries. Like the Patriots one year had like a great team. A lot of guys got hurt and then they like go through, well, whatever. There's also like how many years where the Patriots, everything just just goes right and then they just kill everybody and not all their guys get hurt and it's not a disaster it's like anytime the jets put together some kind of momentum some external factor just comes in and and like bothers our sync our symphony and just ruins everything so you know the jets are in a good spot people like the team the defense looks like it has a chance to to really be good. Maybe they could have a top 10 kind of defense if everything works out. Like if Mosley's good, Marcus May plays well, and the defensive line stays healthy, and then bam, Carl Lawson dead for the whole year. And it's super frustrating. Uh, and then, you know, like you mentioned other, other Jet teams in the past where, uh, you know, guys just go out. Uh, and then this year, man, like, you know, you have really what could have been a top five defensive line, and it's just not going to be. It's impossible. Carl Lawson was recording two sacks, three sacks, four sacks every practice. He liked anime. He made the video where he said, Jets, and all that shit was awesome. But now our dreams are dashed, and our girlfriends don't even care. And it's really tough. The good thing is I got a puppy two weeks ago, and that's been a good comfort having a puppy running around. And you could probably hear her in the background. I actually don't. I don't think I hear. Well, I keep putting myself on mute when I'm not talking, so you can't hear Uh, her. But she's a very cute puppy, making me feel better. Uh, People are mad about the joint practice and then, oh, it's the Green Bay feel. I don't think. I don't think that. I think it's just an unlucky thing that happened. Yeah. Zane Lewis goes down out for the year. Denzel Mims now day to day, but I think the goal. Sheldon Rankins got hurt. Yep. Yep. I think the goal is you get more and AVT healthy for the third preseason game. Let them get on the field in a real game. I think there is value to the Jets traveling to Wisconsin, having a, it feel like a road game, right? You're, you're going on the plane. You're staying at the hotel. You practice. Oh, yeah. I think there's a benefit to that and not being at 
Florham Park the entire time. Dude, I'll be honest. Right before the injury happened, I was like, this is great. Like, Zach Wilson's learning from Aaron Rodgers. Like, nothing could possibly go wrong. It's, like, the best thing of all time. And then that happened. I think Nelly's causing problems. I don't know. Yeah, Nelly, Nelly's upset. <laughs> Nelly, Nelly is as upset as I am. Nelly looks comes. just like an Ewok if you're a Star Wars guy. Can you hear her? Uh, not really, to be honest. But also, I was going to ask you, some of the – I was trying to think of some of the most devastating injuries as a Jets fan. And, of, and like, we are – you know, we do acknowledge there are other teams that have other injuries. It just feels like the Jets just get kicked when they're down and, like, have a chance to have some momentum, and then it just gets fucked. The Darnold mono was, like – one of these moments where we were like, what the fuck is going on right now? How do you compare it to the, the Revis injury? That the happened Revis injury the was the worst thing that ever happened in my life. That is not a thing of actual consequence. Um, I remember we were in high school and I was like on my way to math class. Well, obviously the injury happened on a Sunday and then they were doing the MRI. They were doing all the tests and they would find out Monday, like mid Monday morning, and then came back. I was like, I because Revis like walked off the field against the Dolphins the week two of 2012, and then came back, torn ACL. Like it's the worst thing ever. Like it just really hurt. That was the first player that I loved that went out for the year, and that was it. That was the, and then they traded Revis, so it was like you know insult to injury, but. That, that would probably be my number one. And that was worse. I mean, because the Jets were supposed to compete in 2012. Exactly. Like, you know, obviously 20, 2009, 2010, AFC Championships. In 11, you go 8-8. Eight and eight, And, like, they're a competitive team. And 2012, people forget, it was, like, the same team. Like, everybody on the defense was back. It was Revis and Cromartie, Bart Scott, David Harris. And then you had Wilkerson. You had all these guys. Uh, and the offense was still, still at San Antonio. And you drafted Stephen Hill. And you had – Sean Green, and you had the same, pretty much the same offensive line. Um, it was still Mangold and the Brickishaw. Like that, it's kind of weird to rewatch some of those games in 2012. And then the Jets destroyed the Bills on opening day. And then Revis tears his fucking ACL. It might have been week three, because I think week two they played the Steelers and lost. And then week three, uh, Revis missed that game and came back in the third game and tore his ACL. But that was the worst injury for me. And then Darnold's probably number two other than this. Because Darnold, we didn't know how long he was going to be out. Gase gave that stupid press conference. He said, number, four, number 14 has mono. And you go, what? And he will not play on Monday. And we're like, what the fuck, dude? And the Jets were 1-0, very excited. And that turned into a disaster. They were 1-0, right? Is that 2019? No, they lost week one. By oh, I'm thinking of 2018. They yeah. beat the Lions. 20, they were 0-1, but it doesn't matter. We were so excited. Oh, they lost the fucking Bills that game. It was so, that was the worst they game ever. They blew a 16-point lead. <clears throat> so, I don't know. What would this be? Probably like, I probably would go Revis 1, Darnold 2. Oh, there's been some, I'm trying to think of some other brutal injuries that we've had. Well, we thought Brandon Marshall tore his ACL against the Bills. In Week 2 of 2016. <laughs> 26, I was going to post that video yesterday, but it was so gross. It like looks like he tears his ACL when they did the color rush game. And then he was fine. And then the Jets murdered the Bills that game. And everyone's like, oh, we're fine. Forte had three touchdowns. Decker had a couple touchdowns. And you're like, or whatever, touchdown 100 yards. And then the Jets lost. They sucked in 2016, of course. 
Uh, I mean, the worst injury in the franchise's history is probably Testaverde in 98. 99. Tearing, 99, tearing his Achilles the first fucking game. I know Joe Namath got hurt one year in the preseason. I think Cos was tweeting about that the other day. But, man, the, the Testaverde one is one of the worst injuries in any for any team ever. So the Jets were probably – the Jets were like – had to be top three Super Bowl odds in 1999. Let's see. Super Bowl. Well, yeah, while, while you look that up, I just I'm, – I'm allowed to be a prick for another 24 hours, and I'll, I'll be fine after that. I, I'm pissed. You're pissed. The entire fan base is. I don't like – and I get why people the morning after will bring that up. I don't get when people say – well, the Jets weren't going to compete anyway this year, so you get a better draft pick. We're it's not like, taking dude, anymore. This is not – what is going on with these takes? And I get that we're in, I get that we're in a rebuild. But when you, when you go ahead and you go with Gates for two years, 2018 was a down year because it was like a lame duck year for Bulls. My dog is still crying in the background. That's fine. <laughs> I just – so much bad things – so many bad things happened that now you have to be trending in the right way. You don't want to go for – and 13. You just don't. No, we cannot go 4 and 13 where people are like, we're going to draft another edge rusher, blah, blah, blah. Even before this, like, we have a limited window of Zach Wilson in his on his rookie contract where we have to win a Super Bowl. It's the easiest time to do it. Robbie Sable put out a great article about this in the offseason when people were debating Sam versus Zach Wilson. Have to do it. By the way, the Jets were plus 700 to win the Super Bowl in 1999. That's very sad. That and they had an over under ten and a half wins. Now, anyway, <clears throat> we're not tanking, and we have our quarterback. The only time it is remotely acceptable to want to tank a little bit before a season is if you like are the worst team of all time, and there's the, an insane quarterback prospect. And still, that's like you know lame. Not my, not my DNA. I, no. I can't. I can't do it. So you could win. You could win any year. The Jets. There's so many random teams that make the playoffs. Look at the San Francisco Giants in baseball this year. They were supposed to suck, and they are they have the number one record in baseball. Why do the Jets have to be horrible? We don't play a crazy schedule. We have talent. We have what seems like a normal coach. The ball bounces the right way. The Jets could conceivably make the playoffs. And then there are people who will. Like, for example, our buddy Tommy, who has been on the show, who's a great Jets fan, and he's not, like, super negative or anything. But he was like, I think the Jets are going to go 7-10. and 10. And then I said, all right, so we have a, an outside chance of making the playoffs. He was like, no, we don't have a chance. If you think the Jets are going to win seven games, the, them winning seven or nine games is not, like, a crazy difference. Because if you asked him, can they, will they win five, he'd be like, that's very possible. Very <laughs> yeah. possible. So it's like that plus or minus two range. If you think they can win seven, a fumble can go their way in game eight, and they get the win. So I, quarterback is hurt on the other team. You win a cheap game, blah, blah, blah. That was a little standard deviation by you also, plus or minus How two. you doing? Yeah. I think I'm okay with moving on tomorrow. I'll get through it. He'll be a great Jet in the offseason, right? He'll During the year, he'll have fun. He's a good dude, and and that's it. And I think we, don't, we didn't really touch on the – I don't think we've pod – did we have a pod after the giant preseason game? No, we did it last, whatever, last week. So just a quick takeaway from that. I'm, I'm happy with the way Wilson played in the two drives he got. He had an offensive pass interference that really killed a drive. 
Um, but even after that, LaFleur goes ahead on a third and 15, tries to get the first down, fourth and one, they get stuffed. I'm fine with the run up the middle. You know, you give your, you have to have that play in your playbook on a fourth and one. You don't have to do it every time. But they saw what happened, didn't work. And I think that the number one offense played well without Elijah Moore. Um, and AVT. And AVT. I'm very happy with it. And I think a lot of Jet fans should be happy with the way the ones played. The defense was great. Kenny Yaboa gave up the only touchdown of the game after he fumbled inside Jets territory. So the defense on all fronts looked really, really good. But against a pedestrian offense of twos and threes by the Giants, just happy to get a win, happy to get you know, a game at MetLife and looking forward to it tomorrow. Dude, the guys were flying around. Uh, Zach Wilson looked very calm. He looked normal. He looked in control. He looked like he had zip on the ball. He was poised. The offense moved. Uh, to your point, you know, the Jets kind of went for it on that third and 15. Like, they threw the ball. They threw a short pass, and, and I think it was Ryan Griffin got some yak. And, or maybe Tyler Croft and got us near the, the first down marker. I'm cool. Again, it's that was the thing. Like people were like, Adam Gase ran the ball up the middle on fourth and one. Like, no, that's okay, but you just can't do it a hundred percent of the time. Exactly. So, you know, change it up a little bit. I'm not worried about the Jets being like lack of creativity on offense. I think even the regular running package that the Jets are going to use is going to be a little more interesting anyway. So even if the Jets want to run the ball a lot, that's not like that's not to say that we didn't hate Adam Gase because he ran the ball a lot. We hated Adam Gase because of he ran the ball in weird situations more than almost anyone else and unimaginative play calling with those runs. He was unpredictably predictable, if that makes any sense. He would, do, he would run in an unpredictable situation, but he did it so often that it became predictable. It was horrible. It was very, very weird. I, I agree with you when it comes to us not hating Gates because he ran the ball. We like to run the ball. I think we're going to run the ball a ton this year. When they ran left in the preseason game, they got five and a half yards. When they ran right, they got seven yards. Up the middle, struggled. But if you can There's run no AV, behind, That's without AVT. Right. If you can run behind Becton and AVT on the left side over 65% of the time and get the ball moving, you open up so much for Zach Wilson. You know, you don't want to always look back to the Darnold years, but the Jets never had a good established run game in 2019-2020. Now, 2018, there was games where Crowell would pop and you would see the play action over the top to Robbie, right? You could move the ball around and do unique things. When you go three and out every time, I, I actually commend how well the defense played in 2019 because they were on the field a lot. The Jets yeah. ran a historic low plays. They did it again in 2020. The defense really didn't play well in 2020. But I just like that Jamie and Sherwood and Hamzer and Nazardine are at the line of scrimmage running around fighting for that potential third linebacker spot. You have Mosley tipping passes around. You have the only corner that didn't maybe play amazing was Brandon Eccles, who got beat twice, but then he had a good pass defended. Javelin Guidry yeah. um, or Gertie again having another good game. You got to be happy with it. And I think here's my take. The Jets are very young at corner. We know that. They're very young at quarterback. We know that. The problem is now they're getting younger at outside linebacker and edge rusher, and that's very scary. Right, because you thought the pass rush was going to offset our, you know, lack of experience at corner. And, I mean, it was working. And then now, what is the strength in pass defense? The defensive line is going to have to be insane or the Jets defense might struggle. Well, I mean, or these, like, corners will just play great. We don't know. 
Bryce Hall could be insane. I'm wearing Bryce Hall shirt right now. So uh, it's just a little dicey. And maybe the Jets will bring in a veteran at outside linebacker. Like I think Joe Blewett was tweeting about uh, Olivier Vernon. Would be interesting. Just to, I'd like you know, it. Sure. Why not? Just another guy. Like, and he could actually start. Is Ronald and, Blair gonna fucking start? Like, I don't know. He's like six eight. He can't play outside. I don't know if he can play outside linebacker. He's gonna cover someone. It'd be hilarious. He drops back. I mean, I guess you could just put like you could kind of just slide JFM out and then play Rankins and Fatu Kasi more with Quinnen on the other side. But it's not like a true there's no edge rusher. So you need Bryce Huff, and like you said, Vinny Curry. And maybe Jabari Zuniga will not be a piece of shit. We're gonna trade a seventh round pick to the Texans for a Jordan Jenkins back. <laughs> I would I would love Jordan Jenkins back. Set the edge, do some Calvin Pace stuff. I would sign Calvin Pace. Bring him in. No one's gonna run around him. Looks like a bulldog. Yeah, I I'm I'm happy. Ty Johnson had good bursts. Lamichael P. Ryan had a good camp. And he's running hard downhill, being the thumper that you need. The team is young. We know they're the youngest team in the NFL, or maybe second youngest. My problem is they're young in the three areas, edge, corner, and quarterback. <laughs> also, objectively speaking, their offensive line, one side of it has one year of experience, right? So, yeah. again, you're, you're young on the left side, young at quarterback, young at corner, young at edge. I'm fine with experimenting on one of those, but – not all four. You can't do all four. And I'm actually I think people are like a little bit like down on the Jets offensive line. I think the Jets offensive line is gonna be really good. Like yeah, this and, year. Mm-hmm. And they struggled a little bit in camp, it's been known, but they're also going against Carl Lawson, who was great. They didn't have A V T for a lot of it. And the Packers are maniacs and they're a championship team, so that's why you're seeing them outperform the Jets in a joint practice. I'm 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 with you. If they can be a top half, and that's what I – you might have them higher. They can be a top half offensive line. I feel like the Jets have never been a 15th to 18th offensive line. It's either, it's either horrible or great. 24 <laughs> or a top 10, right? There's, yeah. there's no in-between. So maybe this is a year that they, they go in-between, and then you have four top 50 picks next year. You can build a little bit more maybe at center, at right tackle, get younger, and you build a freaking unreal team. I think it, you're going to wake up – Halfway through 2022, when Lawson's healthy, we have four new top 50 guys. Everyone is a year better. And it just will be five and two. And you're like, holy fuck, we're making the playoffs in 2022. We're going to make this this year. I'm done. We're doing this year. I'm I'm saying we're just going to afford 25, 30 points a game. We have five good receivers. We have an insane coach. We have have the best defense ever. I'm so sad. I was like, I was at the point where I convinced myself we're winning ten games, and now, like you said, like I have to take a step back and like completely reconvince myself again, and it just it's exhausting. I'm not afraid to say that we'll be eight and nine, and I think I believe they're going to be eight and nine because of the coaching staff that we have. I I truthfully believe that. Now you can make the argument that the AFC East has really good coaching staffs, very good coaching staffs, but. I like the young energy that this team is bringing. I think they can pop. The fact that I had the winning eight games, to your point, a little standard deviation talk, 10 wins or six wins, I think that could be their ceiling and floor. <clears throat> and with 17 games, 10 wins isn't as crazy as it was before. Get, get one more win. Just win 10 games. Also, I'm trying to think of like things that I would do for Carl Lawson not to be injured. Talk to me. 
Like, what's the most extreme thing I would do? Like, I don't think I would, like, cut off my finger. No, it's funny you brought that up, though, because my my girlfriend last night said, would you tear your ACL for it not to have happened? And I said, if you say the entire team won't get hurt the entire year, I would tear my ACL. However, (laughs) I think that's a good, that is good. I don't know if I would want to tear my Achilles because there's something about the Achilles tear, like the pop, uh, a ruptured Achilles sounds a lot worse than a torn ACL. Yeah, like it's, it's ruptured. Gone. It's not even there anymore. It was. So now I would, I would tear my ACL right now to, to ensure that the entire 21, 2021 Jets stay healthy with loss and not getting hurt. Yeah. Yes, I would. I would tear it. But just for, lo- well, just for Lawson, you can't because then what if like Zach Wilson gets hurt tomorrow? And you just tore your ACL for no reason. I think I've torn my ACL before. I don't know if I've told you the story. Tore your ACL? No, not at all. But I I feel like I did. There was a part for two years in high school where if I extended my knee, like a a little like flexed out, it would just, I would like crumble in pain and like fall to the ground. And and I just think it got recovered over two years. I don't know if that's how it works, but I'm I'm convinced I tore my ACL. Does it like reattach by itself? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe, probably not. But what else would I, like, what would I do? I would, like, would you not, this is actually an interesting question because I kind of tweeted something like this at you. Would you not drink for, I think this is fair. Would you not drink for three months Carl Lawson plays 2021? If it's honesty hour right now, I have not drank a lot over the past month. All right, no, no extracurricular activities for three months. Yeah. I can't do anything. You have to be sober. And you get drug tested every day. I'm going to sound like a dick. I don't think I would. (laughs) Because I want to tailgate. Like, if I have to go to the week one tailgate, or week two tailgate, and everyone's like, why aren't you drinking? I'm like, can't. Like, Carl Lawson would have gotten hurt if I didn't (laughs) drink. Everyone would be like, you're lying. You're being weird. Just drink a beer. And I'd have to, like... You'd be a hero. I I think they would think I'm being a fucking maniac, but I, I would know deep down that I'm the hero. Yeah. But then also, what if I don't drink for three months and Carl Lawson's like a two and a half sack year and down year? I'd be sitting there ready to freak out. Like he has to have no, at least ten sacks. I'm I'm changing my opinion. I would I would do it. Three months is a long time. Yeah, but I I, I think I've only drank twice in the past two weeks. Which it people means- that don't drink probably are listening. They're like, "What the fuck? You drink once once a week?" I told you I went to, I tweeted out I went to the doctor, um, and I, they. They asked me how many drinks do I have per month. Yeah, and I didn't know how to answer that question. Uh, like what? Like singular drinks? Yeah. How many? Yeah. How many drink? How many drinks do you have per month? And I, I, I literally looked. I was like, I think I need a calculator. I, how you, could you possibly know? If you do drinks per week, you can do a little quick math: three times a week, five drinks a night, fifteen a month. You're making me. And then if it, what if the answer is like eighty four? They're gonna look at me and be like eighty four drinks a month. You have two drinks per day. You alcoholic. I'm like, I don't know. What if it was like your birthday? I had 28 drinks in one night. Does that count? How or many drinks to- per quarter? Fuck you. <laughs> what, a, what a dumb question from a doctor. Doctors are stupid. We're smart. I had pain in my rib and he, he pushed down on the rib and told me to do a crunch. And now I've had pain there for like a week after I was feeling <laughs> fine. So malpractice on doctors. I, I'm sure that same guy is a Jets trainer. Oh, dude. The Jets training staff has to have been the worst ever the last two years. But but this is the thing we keep talking about. It's like, why does everyone, everybody have to get hurt? The whole team, every time. 
One of my favorite recurring jokes is when I tweet out the picture of Johnny Sins in a, <laughs> a doctor's outfit with the Jets logo. Yeah. And I was like, I'm so happy this guy's no longer he, the, the trainer. He kept fucking our players over. And, <laughs> and I, yeah, I, I, I felt gross tweeting out random memes and stuff after the loss and injury. I, that's my way of coping with what happened. Well, it's just, we're just uh, like relating with the rest of the Jet fans. Like that's just how everyone's feeling. You know, it's good to see, but it is weird. Like, you don't want to... I was broken. I was, I was, like, legit broken for, like, yeah. eight hours. Like, my girl's poking me with a stick, being like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, I, I can't don't even explain me. it. Uh, do it. Yeah, it was, just, it was just deflating, and it's... It was, like... It's just one of those things you just don't want to see. Like, how does that happen? Isn't it weird, though, that... I feel like it, it almost went under the radar. Like, I, like every main account tweeted about it. The Jets tweeted about it. But, like, I haven't seen any players really react to it, tweet about it. Like, it kind of just happened, and now it's done with. And, like, there's nothing we can do to bring it back. It's a terrifying feeling. Like, having that, oof, I can't I saw the I saw the guy with the time travel tweet. It was, yeah, like, great girl had a time travel. She's going to go, like, see her dead grandmother. And then the guy was like, don't practice in Green Bay today. To Carl Lawson. <laughs> great, great tweet. You know, I don't – here's the thing. Thank God we made our Jets Twitter and made a podcast so we can talk about it. Because we, oh, we, no we would FaceTime each other, get very upset for, I don't know, a week or two. We'd have no one to talk to about it. At least we can, we can do this together with the entire fan base. And Yeah, look, the Jets fan base has been very – Everyone at the same time was like, what the fuck? There was a collective. It was like when Bobby Thompson hit the home run in the 54, the shot heard around the world. It was the Achilles pop heard around the Jets Twitter. And it was very, it, you just you just felt the energy. It was like in Star Wars when like Order 66 happened and Yoda like felt it. Like I didn't know something was really wrong. And then I kind of like, like I saw like a Bloomberg message from a guy like Jet fan. I'm like, ah. and then I just oh, felt something wrong. Yeah. I was like, oh. And you look at the phone, and it's just the worst possible thing. It's literally well, we were talking about it. Who? It's it's the third worst injury the Jets could have had right now. And I don't think it's an argument. Like I I think it's the top three are very clear. Wilson, Beckton, Lawson. Like yeah. I very clear. Maybe Quinn. Like like if like Quinn and. And Lawson interchangeably. I think maybe Quinn would be four just because the Jets have way more depth on their defensive line. Mm-hmm. Yep. And but then Quinn, I would argue it'd be very fucking annoying, even though expected if Mosley didn't. I know. That would I be. Know. You want? Well, then we're you want, fucked. Then our linebackers just suck. Right. But and of course, another two in the top ten. You want to see AVT and Moore get out there and play. Yeah. Oh, Corey uh, Davis is the one guy that you got to be like the number one and. The, the chemistry between Corey Davis and Zach Wilson was on full display. I think they looked great. Good timing. He, I mean, what do you have? 970 yards in 14 games last year. Yeah, and he's right? so efficient. It's, he catches everything. I like that we got Corey Davis, who is in his prime, call it the call it middle of his prime, right? We're not going to, I think he has a little way to go up and then he'll kind of come back down each year. Crowder again, I think in the same boat, maybe a little deeper down, and He's then you have older. you have Mims and fucking Moore, who are just two young guys, and, and Mims played Coles. great. Mims played great, and I think the the coolest thing was a video of 
LaFleur going crazy, Salah getting hyped, Mims having obviously that huge third down, which he was playing against Pop Warner guys, but he had the fight and he had the drive, and he's a, you could tell he, he's a guy who's a no-nonsense, he's not a me guy. Denzel Mims is the perfect wide receiver. He didn't get the reps, and he goes, put me on special teams because I want to contribute to our team. That is impossible to find in 2021. Yeah. Impossible. Imagine. I'm, I'm just think, thinking through wide receivers in the NFL. I don't think, like, I think Julio Jones type personality, he would have done that. Like, that type of Julio Jones personality, he would have been like, fuck it. If you guys are not playing me, I'll go on. There's not a lot of guys with that mindset, and I think Denzel Mims has it, and it's fucking great. I'm sure Antonio Brown would do that. But Antonio Brown would punch one of the coaches. I mean, he dressed up, like, dress up like a clown. He'd throw a dildo at his girlfriend's house. I don't know. But, yeah, Mims, it was weird because Mims didn't get any first-team reps again in practice then after in, in Green Bay. Before he got hurt, the day before, I saw Samini tweeted that. But – or maybe not. Samini's not there. Maybe someone else tweeted it. But, uh, I don't know. Play the – just play the guy. Yeah. How you doing? How you doing? I then, I, uh, I bought a, I bought something that I didn't tell you I bought. I saved it for the pod. Oh. So, you know, um, I think his, his at is Brooklyn927. He's um, Sack Exchange on – Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a good dude. He has some tweets that kind of make me laugh, but he does giveaways and he auctioned off one of the jerseys that had all four sack exchange guys autographed. And it's the jersey very cool to have all four numbers in the back, like a wider jersey so they can fit everyone. And it auctioned off for like $320. And I was like, that's pretty cool. And I just wanted to know on eBay, right, what they go for the going rate. And I saw one for $130, authenticated, seal of approval. All four autographs, a big ass jersey, and I bought it for one thirty, one thirty-five. <laughs> Very cool. It's a man cave edition. I'm looking forward to it. Save two hundred bucks. Save yeah. I, I a little arbitrage. A little arbitrage. Feel good. I I also have a like a starter jacket from the 1980s. It's a fire jacket, but it does not fit me. Sure. And I'm a, I'm like five. I say I'm 5'11", I'm 5'9", probably, and it doesn't fit me. So if anybody's smaller than 5'9", I got a jacket for you. I got this Jets mug. Came today, drank some nice coffee out of it. Work from home. Not a big deal. But. Yeah, I know we're a little all over the place right now, and I'm fine with that. That's how this podcast goes. We don't have any hypotheticals or anything you know, crazy. It's too to sad of a day to do hypotheticals. Kind of. uh, there, There's something in the air, though, that – Football is upon us and it's upon us rapidly. Like, yeah. uh, I can't believe that I think it's 25 days, maybe. The Jets play in the, the home. The opener is on the 12th, like the, the actual mm-hmm. first game. And then they play on the 19th at home. We're right there. What is that? What, like 24, 25 days. Yeah. yeah I, pff, dude. The, or maybe less, like 23 days. Here, here's why I can't get behind the loss and injured draft pick next year, right? That type of mindset. If you were an anti-gay supporter, you probably were fine with losing out in 2019 once they were one and seven. And that is before COVID. So that's what November of 2019. That was 600 days ago. 
And after they start off 0 and whatever in 2020, you probably want them to lose out again. And if now, because an edge rusher got hurt, you want them to lose out again, waiting till next August, that is 1,000 days you're not rooting <laughs> for your team to win. It's insane. And you, yeah, right. Because look, Carl Lawson, we just said, is probably the third most important person on this team. And some people think he's the second most important person. So we're not like diminishing his value. And this really hurts. But if the Jets were going to be like any kind of competitive this year in terms of making the playoffs, you can't lose one guy and then be eliminated unless it's the quarterback. So if like I thought the Jets have a chance to win 10 games before, that will be my reasoning to reconvince myself that the Jets can win, still win 10 games or nine games or whatever and have it be like in the hunt. Is this unavoidable though? Like how can you avoid a tragedy like this happening? And it is a tragedy. I don't care. I know that it's a tragedy. Is it is. How can you avoid it? Cause you need to practice. You need to go through training camp. You need to have these type of workouts. You need to have a joint practice and go against other people. How can you avoid it? Like Football's you have vicious. It, you just, you just need him to like sprain his knee and be out three weeks, not tear his fucking Achilles. Like you can't, maybe they can wear like Achilles guards. I'm getting sad again. I was fine. I know. I don't... I just feel like... I don't feel defeated because we're not dead, but I feel like... I feel discouraged. I feel... I just don't want this to take away from the energy from, like, some of the earlier games. And... But you have to remember, time heals all wounds. And this opens up another opportunity for another guy. Maybe Bryce Huff will be great. And we have no idea. And the final thing, the only other spin zone I have is that we're going to say before next year, we're going to be like, it's like we added Carl Lawson, like another free agent. Like we're going to sign a bunch of free agents, draft some guys. And they'll be like, Oh, also we have Carl Lawson coming back. Like we did with CJ Mosley this year, which is fun, but not now. I don't think it'll take away any energy from any game this year. No, it's going to be exciting. I think there's, there's only one, position and one player on the team that if they didn't play it would be it, it would be defcon 5 i'm getting the lighter fluid i'm setting myself in fire yeah. in front of every single person i know yeah it's it, i mean we know the answer so you it's, can't have him it's not Lawrence cager <laughs> <laughs> well, zach the, wilson i can't i can't handle that especially we don't have a fucking backup quarterback so it wouldn't it just would be not fun that that is that is one of those where i would take a click remote i would miss huge life events like weddings <laughs> like the birth of potentially my nephew like i would sim to the end nephew, uh, I, don't give a shit. I would it would be great if i had to take a click remote and i just fast forward to September 1st, 2022. And I think, oh, it's like a new season. And like World War III happened during that time. <laughs> like the Jets ended up trading Zach Wilson a la Josh Rosen, right? Yeah, like just like It's the COVID Omega variant. <sighs> I don't know. Would you, uh, that's kind of a weird question. I guess, like, would it be better for the Jets if Zach Wilson missed like four games and Lawson played. Probably not. It would just – you can't win those games, like, without Zach Wilson. I would want him to play every game, no questions asked. Yeah, over any, over any, any player. Any player missing – yeah, you can't – Missing, like, any amount of time, yeah. It just has to be that way. 
Unless we're like the 2000 Ravens and we have like the greatest team ever. And then Trent Dilfer is the quarterback. It doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, I, I, I want, and I tweeted out today. I know we've talked about it before. I need to talk about it again. I want to lose a normal game. Yeah. A normal game. I and do. I cannot stress enough what happened from 2019 to 2020. Because 2018, overtime lost, game to the Packers. You lost a ton of normal games, yeah. You lose to the Texans a normal game. Like, you... 2017, I, we even lost a lot of normal games. Oh, yeah. And, but even, like, 2018, you lose to the Browns and you blow the lead. Like, that's obviously annoying. But the Dolphins home game, you get outplayed, but Donald threw for 300 yards. Like, what happened? I, do you want me to go through it? I feel like I go through it too much, but I we can't... Go th- it's insane. I'll, all right. If you're still listening, I'm going to take you through what happened from 2019 to 2020. So, the opening up the year against Buffalo... Boom. They blow a 16-point lead. Week two, Darnold has mono. Simeon breaks his leg. <laughs> they put up three fucking points. Week three, Darnold's out with mono again. The offense scores zero points to the point that Stidham came in the game. They have a bye week, week four. Week five, they're in Philly. They score zero points other than of Vincent Smith end around. And they get also, embarrassed. Also, like, everyone else is hurt, too. Like, Mosley's out. Um, we're missing like most of our offensive line. These mm-hmm. were like disastrous times. Yeah, and then okay, maybe you get a normal loss next the, the, in two weeks because you go ahead and you beat Dallas after Philly. Nope, you get shut out on Monday Night Football against the Patriots in the worst eject game of the decade, in my yes, opinion. Probably in my opinion, other than 2015. Well, that's you know the worst eject game without as many implications. Yeah. Then you go and you lose to Jacksonville, who ends up winning six games in the year. You lose by two touchdowns. You turn the ball over three times and you get laughed at. Like that game, it's a semi-normal loss, but still like horrible, right? You lose by two touchdowns. Week nine, you lose to Miami, who has not won a game the entire year. Gates his first game against his old team. He's on the sideline looking at a play sheet. You get blown out. And right so there, bad. you have seven losses that aren't normal. You find two more in that year. You lose to a winless Bengals team when you are finally on a win streak. Unfucking believable. And then the final loss is the most normal one, and you still lose by 21. You play a Ravens team on a short week who's obviously very fucking good, and you lose by 21, but you actually played okay. Yeah. Oh my fucking God, bro. That is the nine losses in 2019. 2020 is like 10 times worse. <laughs> it's insane. 2020. If you take away a Josh Adams garbage time, garbage time touchdown, you lose by 17 to Buffalo, and you look terrible all game. Week two, you I'm gonna I don't even, I don't remember a lot, a lot of these games because I blacked out during all of them. But week two is when you played San Francisco. Everyone, everyone got hurt. Everyone got the hurt. Niners. 80 yard touchdown the first play of the game. You oh, lose I forgot by, about that. <laughs> you lose by 18. Wait, do you remember then they had like a 68 yard run and it got called back for a penalty? And then there was a third and 40. No, that might have been the Cardinals. No, it was that game. It was like third and 33, and they just ran like a a stretch run. We got like 55 yards. They lost by 17. (laughs) They should have lost by 24, but Darnold threw the great touchdown. Then you go to Indy, where you don't have any receivers on your entire roster play. Darnold throws a pick six, and you lose by 20. Yeah, then Darnold got hurt against the Broncos. He gets hurt against the Broncos. This game, I will never forget for my entire life. The Jets are 0-3 in a must-win game. Denver has a third-string quarterback traveling from 
Denver, Colorado to New York on a short week. Brett Ripian. <laughs> and the Jets lose that fucking game. Yeah. By two scores. It was a game where Jerry Judy mossed uh, fucking Pierre Desir. And then he had a pick six <laughs> later, though. He did. And he had another pick in that game. And then he toe-dragged it, and they, they called it incomplete in the field. Yeah. Oh, wait, but this is the, this next three-game stretch, the Jet, people always say, like, Joe Flacco is, like, really good for the Jets, like, better than Darnold, whatever. I don't know if they say he's really good. They say he's better than Sam. They played a three-game stretch where they scored 20 points with Joe Flacco and got murdered in every game. Yep. Arizona lose by 20. Yeah. The third time in four games a team traveled from the West Coast to, to destroy us. York to murder <laughs> us. <laughs> You lose to Miami, you don't score a fucking point. 24 nothing. Week 7 against the Bills, you look good in the first half while Dow Loggins calling plays, and then you don't have like a yard in the second half. I think they had negative yards. Maybe negative passing yards. I don't know if negative total yards. Kansas City, you go in there, you lose by almost 30. Yeah. New England, you have a double-digit lead, and you lose on a last-second field goal. And plus, this is without Darnold also. So it's tough to have like a normal game without your fucking quarterback. Yeah. Including the next week. Chargers, they looked competitive in the first half and everything went downhill without your quarterback. And they got killed again by the Dolphins. The Dolphins really beat the shit out of us yeah. last year. And we I scored. keep making like anti-Dolphin memes. And it's like... We scored three. Tough. We never scored a touchdown against the Dolphins last year. No. I don't think we're really close, to be honest. And then Oakland, we were trying to win the game, and they lost on a Hail Mary. And people would be like, no, it's a win. No. Not really, because you don't get the first overall pick anyway, and they were trying to win the game. Then you, you lose 40-3 to against Seattle. That, I didn't then, watch that game, which is insane. I was on a flight, and I texted you. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I was like, oh, I'm about to watch. And you called me, and you were like, you literally can't watch that game. And it wasn't because it was like – there was nothing that happened that was good. It, it was like a Marcus terrible May interception was cool. Which Whatever. one? The butt he one? Had the, no, he had the pick. He like tipped it in the end zone. Russell okay, was like I was going to say the left. butt one was the Miami game. Yes. So then the final game, you're hoping that maybe Darnold does enough to keep his job and against the Patriots and to win three in a row to end the year. You lose by 14. That is the 23 losses in the Adam Gates era. All right. of them. So how can you say you want to tank this year? That's insane. I want to throw up going That's through like, that. It's like if you go to the bar for two straight years and you just meet the worst girls. Like, like, cra- like insane. And people throw drinks at you and like, like slap you in the face and then like don't, like don't talk to you. Like, I don't know. You just don't talk to a normal girl for two years. And then you're like, Oh, uh, like I don't want to meet another girl till next year. Like, what the fuck? You have to meet a girl right now. We have how to. About, how about this? It's like you try to go to a bar to meet the girl, and the bouncer doesn't accept your ID for two years in a row. Yeah. Like it, it, it is that bad. So maybe you won't go to another bar after the happening in year three. But Ugh, I just think, need to compete right now. Yeah, I think you have to always want to compete in the NFL. I, I you always talk about it. 2017 was the, the only year where we were like, we're going to suck and be good next year and get a young quarterback. And they actually played good. They won three out of the first five. And they, they almost had the division lead after week seven. Yes. And they were five and seven, and they played well, and they beat some good teams. They played hard, normal football. And look, <laughs> people's careers in the NFL are so short. There's no time to fuck around. You have to, like, 
you have to try to win every second. I'll, I'll give you one up. How many games did McCown play 2017? 12? Was he 5 he and played, 7? He played 12, but I think he got hurt in the 12th game. So he didn't really – he got hurt against, what, like the Broncos? He was 5 he, and 8. He was 5 and 8, okay. but in the, last, in the 13th game, they got killed by the Broncos. That was like the worst game ever. I think they had 100 total yards of offense. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I had, a, I, had, I had press ball that night. I missed that second half. It was one of the first Jet games I've ever missed. I, yeah, because the Jets were five and they were four and seven. They beat the Chiefs. Josh McCown, one player of the week. And you're like, all right, cool. Like, everyone has like good stats. McCown had a very good year. And then he got hurt and they got destroyed the last We're going to have some fun. I got a great idea. Yes. Pull up the 2017 Jets roster. Okay. Okay. Because if, if you say the Jets went five and seven with their starting quarterback this year, compa- give me, give me. J- an average Jet fan in 2021 comparing these rosters. Zach Wilson versus McCown. Most people – all right, so McCown threw for – what would this average have been for a full season? He had 18 touchdowns and nine picks. He basically – let me do some math. What is Cortana? But, yeah, McCown threw for 2,900 yards in 13 games, so – 225-16. So he was on like a 3,600-yard average on a regular season with like 23 touchdowns. Most people think Zach Wilson, if you look on Twitter, they're like, Zach Wilson's going to have 24 touchdowns, like 3,750 yards and like 13 picks. That's like exactly what Josh McCown was doing. Perfect. Go to the running back. Bilal Powell. Have a good year. So if you take – if you remember, if you're asking a fan today – Oh, would you want 2017 McCown versus Wilson? They would say Wilson. Yeah. What about uh, the four running backs that we have and then Bilal Powell? I think they would call it a wash, maybe. It's hilarious. It would be uh, like Tevin, what is it? Tevin Coleman, P. Ryan, uh, Michael Carter, and fucking Ty Johnson versus Bilal Powell, Matt Forte, and uh, Elijah McGuire. I think Perfect. I'd rather have, right now, our current guys. I mean, Matt Forte was 32. And the Jets didn't run the ball so well that year, so. Give me, give me now the left tackle, left guard combo. Left tackle? Do we still have the brick? Let's see. No, 2017 should be. When did he retire? No. Let's see. I'm going to our starters. Right, oh, yeah, it was it was BJ. Oh, it's the worst offense. Is Ryan Clady the right tackle, or is that 20? No, it's even worse. Is it Brandon Shell? No. Yeah, it is. It is. Okay. What about left guard? James Carpenter, who's so, actually like solid, but but, but you would take back to Navy T. Of over. course, so then, that's insane. So then, give me the center, right guard, right tackle. The center was Wesley Johnson. Yes, remember he was rated like the 18th best player in the Jets that year. Yeah, whoever that Instagram page is ridiculous. I remember that. I think they rated him ninth, the ninth best player on the team. Like and Wesley, then, <laughs> Brian Winters is the right guard, and then Brandon Shell. But you would take McGovern. Our offensive line is ten times better right now. Perfect. So right now, you're telling me. The quarterback is better, the running back is better, and the O-line is better. Yes. The wide receiving core now. In 2021, you have Davis, Moore, Crowder, Mims, Cole. Yes. Who's 2017? It was Robbie Anderson and Jermaine Curtis, who actually had good years, but right. I, I would still hope that our guys you know, are better this year. And then, what, Jeremy Curley was there for a little bit. They didn't really have a good slot guy. Yeah, Curly had the third most catches. You would you would take twenty twenty one tight ends weird because we have Herndon now, Croft, 
So, like, uh-huh. Austin's fair and Jenkins that year was good. He had 50 catches for only 357 yards and three touchdowns, but only played 13 games. He also should have had, like, five more touchdowns that got called back or the Jessica Carl play. Iconic, yeah. Like, really insane. So he was fine. But if you told me Herndon goes 50 for 350, I'd be like, all right, that's kind of stupid. He basically did that last year anyway. So you could make the argument that the 2021 Jets are better on offense everywhere than the 2017 Jets were. I definitely would make that argument. Okay, now let's, let's pivot to the defense. Defensive line. The defense line was good. They stopped so, the run well in 2017. Wilkerson, Leonard Williams, and Steve McClendon is a good defense line. But Wilkerson at that point was an asshole. People... Leonard Williams had two sacks. <laughs> and, I mean, Stephen Clinton was just, like, being fat and doing defensive tackle stuff. So, you, would you argue you take the 2021 Judd's D-line with Quinnen, Rankings, yes. Foley? I think this could be, like, a top – still a top five literal D-line. Like, Carl Lawson, I guess, would be a linebacker anyway. You're not, you're not going to have – the Jets aren't going to be, like, top five in sacks. Like, there's not. Mm-hmm. And they, like, you know, maybe they haven't had a chance. But strictly – defensive lineman, I would take the current group also. And that is without Carl Lawson, mind you. Without Carl Lawson. But it's close. That still is a good defensive line that the Jets had. So now we'll go to now we'll go to linebacker. Demario Davis had a coming out year, right? That's 2017. Terrific. Yeah. Yep. And then who else we have? Darren Lee. You have Jordan Jenkins. And if I tell you the other outside linebacker, it's literally nauseating. I think I know it. I think <laughs> I know it. Who is it? Is it oh, I don't want to say that wrong. What's the first letter? J. La- of the last name? No. Is it M. J.M.? Josh Martin? Yeah, Josh Martin was our <laughs> left outside linebacker. So who would you take? Me. The linebacking core? I know it's a different scheme, but 2021 versus 2017. It's honestly kind of similar because you have Demario Davis is like a C.J. Mosley. Right. Like hopefully C.J. Mosley has that kind of year. Darren Lee and Gerard Davis are like actually very comparable players. They were drafted similar spots and Gerard Davis is second chance. And then I guess outside linebackers too is like close. Like Jordan Jenkins is, you know, a solid player and Josh Warren sucks, but who, you know, our other outside linebacker now is not going to be very notable. Yep. Like, now call it a wash. Now we'll go corner. Uh, Mo Claiborne, Daryl Roberts, Buster Screen. <laughs> but this is actually better than what we have now. Hopefully not. Hopefully, no, hopefully guys. not. I mean, pray to God. But like on paper, I mean, yeah, it's it's actually like kind of close. Cool. Okay, call it a wash, and then safety. It's just Marcus May and Jamal Adams is better than what we have now. It's it's Marcus May Joiner. I'd rather uh, have Jamal Adams than Lamarcus Joiner. Even Jamal Adams at this point. And 2017 Jamal Adams though. He was still good. But so here's my argument to every person that reads that I guarantee you they pick all the offense, the D line. You could probably find most jets. Twitter like the corners better. You yeah. could argue that because Jamal Adams is a rookie, people be like, well, Joyner and Ashton Davis. Well, Marcus May is much better now than he was as a rookie. Right? Also, so yeah, exactly. And then you can call the linebackers a wash. So if that team with their starting quarterback went five and seven, right. Why can't the 2021 Jets not only go five and seven during a stretch, but then you have five other games, call it two or three wins, 
There's your seven and eight wins there. So and how can you tell me that this team can't compete in the NFL? Because other teams in 2017 were good. There was other teams that were good. We had a hard schedule this year. It's not bullshit. This was like the Falcons and the Chiefs and the Patriots, of course, and the fucking and the Broncos and the Panthers were great with Cam Newton and the Saints and the Chargers of Rivers. This is a good schedule we played. It was difficult. Um, so I agree with you. And plus, we probably hopefully have a better coach now than Todd Bowles. I would be sick. The only thing worse than loss and injury is if fucking Robert Sala is like Todd Bowles. I'll vomit. But he'll never even, be. Yeah. He'll never be like Todd Bowles, and I'll tell you why. He's not the same person. He now. has just a flip of an energy, like completely yeah. different. Like not even in the. And he might be a bad coach, but the energy is different. Where I could go to bed at night being like he coached a bad game but he's a guy that cares about his players for the team and he actually interacted with the fans more in one hour than adam gase did in two years and that means a lot <laughs> you spoke to him That's i talked crazy. to robert slaw i talked to bobby bobby was that's great nuts. also i gotta bring up a thing that's been bothering me i kind of wish michael lafleur was a little bit taller yeah but i kind of like that thing. he he is shorter because i feel like people will be like is he head coach material at five Seven. I'm a short guy, so I can say that. I'm team <laughs> team short guy. Maybe he doesn't get a head coaching opportunity because he doesn't have that height that you look for in a head coach. It would be tough for an entire locker room of players to like get behind this dude. Like you don't want them snickering behind his back, like, oh he's short, whatever, stuff like that. But he does look kind of ridiculous in some of these pictures too. He he's always I feel they always get him next to like a six three, six four guy. <laughs> like James Morgan's about six four and there's a photo next to him. You're like, yeah. God, that's nine inches there. I'm I'm a huge Mike Floor guy. I'm happy. I'm happy with him so far, especially the way he breaks down film and like I like when he drives his car and, and does interviews. He's a bro. He's a very he's a bro. Oof boy. I, I'm not doing the thing where I I guess how long we've been podcasting for because I've done it. And I'm always well off. I'm like, all right, we're about a half hour in, and we'll be <laughs> like, like ten six minutes. minutes. Yeah, I think this was. I think this is good. We we covered everything. We're sad. We're fucking provide some optimism. I don't know. What, maybe we could do some like coping mechanisms, but just drink a lot. Rapid fire coping. Also, I want to give a shout out to Uncle Kevin. Uncle Kevin listens to all of our podcasts. You are not my uncle, but we got to have him on. Great Jet fan yeah. from back in the day. Um, Coping mechanisms. How how do you cope with it? You have to drink a lot. Drink Especially a lot of alcohol responsibly. No, you know, eh. don't drive, but drink a lot. Stay home, drink or call an Uber, and get trashed. You know, watch some, watch some old jet highlights. Yeah, videos, you know. But go back further than you you even were alive. Like go yes. go back to like a nineteen eighties team. Feel good about it. Watch the 1982 Road Warriors video. It's awesome. It's like 20 minutes. Dude, watch it. It's fucking awesome. It's like 20 minutes. In the 80s, they would do like these uh, like little documentary videos. It's like, the 1982 Jets, the Road Warriors. You know who I dove into a lot recently? Clark Gaines, running back in the 70s. Nice. You dove into him. You want to know something about Clark Gaines? He got an offer from Dallas as an undrafted free agent, but he knew he wouldn't play on that Dallas team. So he signs with the Jets. He's a backup, like a third-string running back. Everybody gets hurt in a random game. I think it was against Kansas City. 
And he goes out, and he has a blocking assignment, but he didn't know the playbook. So he goes out for a pass. Namath is about to get drilled. And because he had a blocking assignment, he just kind of went out for a pass, and Namath hit him for a first down. And Namath comes back in the huddle. He's like, you don't know the playbook, but at least you can catch and run. <laughs> After that game, Clark Gaines becomes the starting running back for the Jets. In, four, in eight games started, he had over 700 yards and three touchdowns. He has the NFL record for most catches by a running back in a game, which is very I cool. did not know that. I believe it's 18 he had in one game. He finished his second year in the league with 600 rushing yards, three touchdowns, but 55 catches for 500 yards in an era where you don't really have that from running backs often. So it, he was a great Jet. It's very cool looking back on a random guy like Clark Gaines. I think I have that stat right. <laughs> Forgive yeah. me if I don't. I don't know if the single game, but I'm looking at the other number was right. 55 catches. That's like the Giants offense like two years ago. They just threw the ball to Saquon every play. But yeah, watch some highlights. Maybe uh, text like a, text someone on your phone. Like text a girl something like like go off the grid. And, you know, maybe there's like a cute girl you always wanted to text. Like text her, you know? Mm-hmm. Because if you get rejected, you're already sad. But if she's if she you know she doesn't reject you, that's like could change your mood a little bit. Yeah, and I confirmed it. It is the most by a running back in any game. Eighteen catches. It's he like had, he had seventeen against the 49ers in nineteen eighty. Now there are five players ahead of him for more catches in a game, all of them wide receivers. He is the most by a running back. I know the most ever is Brandon Marshall, right? He he has two in the top five. He had eight two? He had eighteen against San Diego back in two thousand eight. And then 21 in 2009. Jeez. I remember the most catches I remember a Jets receiver having is Jameson Crowder had 14 in week one of uh, what year? 2019. The game, the year we lost. Oh, yeah. 17, oh, yeah. 16, yeah. Wait, this, this, I'm looking at the box score from that game from 1980. The Jets were losing 30 to 6. <laughs> So the Jets went crazy, and Richard Todd went 42 for 60 with 447 yards and three touchdowns. I love it. The, others, <laughs> yeah, the other ones in the top five, Tom Fears from the Rams had 18, Witten had 18, and Terrell Owens had 20. I feel like that should be broken. Just throw the ball to someone 30 times. Well, Michael Thomas is up here with, uh, with 16, Antonio Brown, Wes Welker, um, Keenan Allen had a, a good game where he had 16. I, you're right. Clark Gaines. I remember Josh Doxson at TCU one year had like 24 in a college football game in like a primetime <laughs> game against a big opponent. Oh, my God. Oh, this uh, is funny, too, because in this game, also Bruce Harper had seven catches, and he's a running back also. So the Jets had 24 catches from their running backs. Oh, and Kevin Longhead was 25. That's stupid. What kind of offense is that? Oh, good thing. I thought it was Joe Walton. It was Walt Michaels. I didn't want to rub salt. Joe Walton died. That's sad. Terrible. The, the 80s, the coach of the Jets in the 80s. I'm going to guess we've been potting for an hour. Am I right? I think so. I think we're good to wrap it there. Yeah, um, that, was, that was a lot of fun. We'll be back with more hypotheticals, keep it more lively, keep it more positive. Mike and I are going to continue to go out on Twitter and make funny memes and keep it positive. I'm going to make an gonna... article with this with this oh, yeah. podcast. Also. I'll put it up. We're, we are partnered up with Jets X Factor. We love those guys. Uh, we're going to put some more content up on their website. We'll probably have it on YouTube, this pod. This one's going to go up on YouTube. I look pretty good, honestly. But I don't have a light in my room. Like, there's literally, I got an apartment, and there's just not a light, like, in the ceiling. So it's getting dark, and you can see. 
You can see my face too on here. Um, yeah, that's oh, what it looks like. Look at the icon. Uh, I guess I didn't record my face during this podcast one day. Um, Zach Wilson just retweeted the Aaron Rodgers photo, and then he retweeted his younger brother is a top 100 quarterback in the 2024 oh. class. Pretty cool. I like that. All right, we'll wrap it here. All right, Maddie Sauce. Mike, talk Always to you soon, buddy. Always a pleasure. 10 and 6. 10 and 7. 10 and 7.